Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. This week, we're walking you through the flames. The debate focuses on aggressive driving turned deadly. Every year, millions engage in some form of road rage, and sometimes they go too far. Not only does this guy shoot this guy, he does it in front of two kids. We walk you through the consequences of anger on the roadways. There is a lot of people out there with a lot of aggression in a hurry. The mere presence of a weapon can increase aggressiveness. And we talk to the father of a woman who was shot in the head by an angry driver. He's now charged with her murder. It was devastating to us, and it still is to this day. We dig into how to quell the anger and keep peace on the highway. He puts the consequences of gun violence in your face. What I want to do is the thought of picking up a gun and harming another person. I want to to make that disgusting. The man behind the popular Instagram account, No Gun Zone. His motivation and the change he's hoping to make. We'll be right back. Flashpoint is sponsored by the Gift of Life donor program. Organ donors save lives. Register today at DonorsOne.org. Welcome back to the Flashpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. The focus is road rage or aggressive driving turned violent. This week, you probably heard the police released a video of a man who opened fire on a motorist on Roosevelt Boulevard. He left his victim critically injured. Not only does this guy shoot this guy, he does it in front of two kids. And that's even more disturbing to us. Now, they're hoping to find that shooter. And who could forget... That viral video from back in May of a man in a red pickup truck in Port Richmond who jumped out of his car with a sledgehammer in hand attacking men in another vehicle. It was crazy. But these are just two local examples. According to a study by the AAA Foundation, some 80% of drivers admit to exhibiting some type of road rage and an alarming 8 million, 8 million act upon that rage, causing harm to people and vehicles. The rage can include blocking drivers, cutting people off, driving folks off the road, or it could even include using weapons against another driver. So what's the impact of road rage and what can we do to quell all that anger? With me in the studio to discuss this flashpoint is Dr. Frank Farley. He's a professor of psychological studies and education at Temple University. He's also the past president of the American Psychological Association. We also have Rodney Roberson. He is the father of Bianca Roberson, a bright college-bound young woman who was gunned down in a fit of road rage last year. And on the phone, we have Upper Darby Police Superintendent Michael Chitwood. He's a highly decorated law enforcement official with over 50 50 years of experience. So I want to start with you, Dr. Farley. Please explain what is road rage for folks who don't know what it is. Well, it's anger, violence, aggression that that is expressed in connection with typically travel of some sort, mostly driving. Well, we now talk about air rage as well, you know, and wherever people are, are traveling and moving and so on. 
And so road rage, uh, which is typically on America's highways, has a very deadly history. What is it about cars or vehicles that allows people to develop such uncontrollable rage? Well, we don't know for sure, but you know our car is our castle, right? So don't mess with my space. That's part of the story. Um, another part of the story is very is just statistical. America has the highest num- per capita number of cars in the whole world. You know, we have a lot of ancient roadways, ancient cities, ancient highways, etc. They get crowded, particularly at rush hours. People get very angry. Let me just summarize some of the sources of aggression. If uh, they're basically we feel three main sources of aggression and violence. Uh, One of the oldest theories of aggression is the frustration-aggression theory, that people just get so frustrated that they're just – they go over the top and they show violence. So the second approach is manipulation. That's where people use violence to control others, to get something. The third category is what we call retaliation. And uh, you can see that a lot in road rage. You know, somebody does something to you, so you do something to them. And and that's sort of that get back. And I want to take it over, and we'll come back to you, Dr. Farley, because, Rodney, your daughter was headed home after shopping. She was preparing, buying clothes for college, is driving along, allegedly cut someone off, and they immediately were enraged. Tell us what happened. Me personally, knowing my daughter, I don't think that there was anything that she would have done that would cause that man to do anything like that to her. Uh, the only thing I could think of her doing was speeding up, trying to get to the spot before him, and him being angry. But I never thought it was just a road rage. I always thought it was something other than road rage. But when I spoke with the detectives, they told me that they did a complete and thorough investigation and it wasn't racist, so it was a road rage. And just so folks know, her alleged killer, is he currently on trial right now, or he's going to trial soon? Well, he'd be, the trial is September 24th. He's, he's up for trial. He's, uh, his name is David Desper. He has been uh, charged with uh, murder in this case. First degree murder. It was devastating. You found out about what happened to your daughter. What went? I mean, she was shot on the road in this way. And so what went through your family's mind and how has it impacted you all? Well, at first they didn't. It wasn't a gunshot. It was just a car accident. That's what they first told us. And then when they did the autopsy the next day, they informed us that she had been murdered. And that took another turn for the worse for us. It was devastating to us. And it still is to this day. 18 years old. Recent high school grad, yes. probably a new driver, only a couple years under her belt at most, and mm-hmm. gunned down in this way. And uh, Superintendent Chipwood, when you hear this, I mean, this is unfortunately, unfortunately, this happens quite more more often than we can we can even say. It happens more often than we can say. First, first, I want to offer my condolences yes. to Rodney and his family. Thank that you. that happened out in Delaware County, so I'm well aware of uh, the tragedy. Um, that the family had to go through. Thank you. The second thing is, you got to look at, we had, a, I'll give you an example of road rage. We had a memorial service Monday night for a young man who was gunned down, 17-year-old, shot in the back, gunned down. So there was a memorial service out here in Delaware County in Upper Darby. We're at the memorial service waiting to make sure that everybody's safe. Over the police radio, there's an incident at 69th and Marshall where one guy cut out another guy. Road rage incident, guy pulls out a gun, pulls up to the, the driver and says he's going to blow his brains out and takes off. Well, the 
victims was able to get the tag. They broadcast the tag, and they they catch they find the car in Sharon Hill, and they lock up the guy. Basically, like the doctor said, this expression of violence is like unbelievable. Everybody's in a hurry. Everybody's angry. Everybody's stressed out. There's more car on the roads. There's more time driving on the road. There's more drugs. There's more alcohol, and there's certainly more guns. We see it all the time. Somebody with a gun threatening to kill somebody. There's a video. Usually law enforcement seems to find these people. They don't typically just get away with it. No, no. And, and, and again, most of the time it's either video and or the victim of the, of the road rage incident gets a tag number that that helps us out tremendously. But it continues to escalate, and and it continues to be more and more violent. I mean, I tell my my family, do not do not get caught up in a road rage because you never know what they got. Yes, yeah. and 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 with the prevalence of guns the way it is, it's like you you got to be nuts to even even get involved in, in these road rage incidents with these individuals. And people, you know, there's Dr. Farley. I mean, people get in a car. You know, somebody cuts you off or. You're driving. People blow horns. I feel. I swear, in Philadelphia, you hear horns blowing at every you know street corner. Um, where does this? I mean, how does it trigger? I mean, you get you, one second they're in the car, they're minding their business. It's not a big deal. The next second, they're pulling out the gun from the glove compartment and shooting at a child. Firstly, I'd like to convey my condolences and sympathy. Yes, also, definitely. There are a couple of things here. Impulse control. It is a national problem. We should be teaching impulse control in the schools. Our prisons are full of people with impulse control problems. You know, they they act before they think rather than think before they act. And we can train and teach impulse control, and we should be doing it, you know, in every schoolroom in this country. That's number one. Number two is what we call the weapons effect. The mere presence of a weapon can increase aggressiveness. Yeah. And so if you are getting frustrated in traffic, You know, when you're trying to get from A to B and it's taken forever and then somebody might cut you off or this or that, and you happen to have a weapon present, you've got an outlet for your aggression sitting right there. To me, the key thing is in the long run, what are we going to do about this as a nation? Yeah. And we have to deal with problems of impulse control so that people sort of, to use that old phrase, they bite their tongue before they, you know, say something or do something. And – um and, and so – and also to teach kids that the situations that you confront in life are not nearly as important as your interpretation of those situations. You know, we catastrophize all the time. You know, we take an everyday little situation and we and turn it into it. A, a, totally out of proportion. That can get our juices going and our aggressiveness can come out. Yeah, and, and I think about your family and my condolences to your family Thank as you. well – um, and I read about Bianca. Tell us about your daughter. Well, Bianca was a, she was a sweetheart. She was a beautiful girl, very positive, never heard anything negative come out of her mouth about anything. If I said something wrong or talk about somebody, she would correct me and tell me not to do that. This is the kind of person she was. I never in her 18 years heard her say anything bad about another person. And all she was looking forward to doing is going to college. She wanted to be work she wanted to work for the FBI and she wanted to work in forensics and I thought that was kind of strange because I always thought she should have been a lawyer because she was always debating with us all the time and most of the time she would win 
Yeah. Yeah, she was a beautiful girl. She Everybody liked her. She was kind. She would take the shirt off her back for you. She even slept in a car with a friend because a friend didn't have a place to stay, and she slept in a car with a friend. So they was able to find us a place to stay. And the fact that they caught this guy, did that give you any comfort? I mean, he's currently up for trial. Well, it doesn't ease the pain for me. Him being locked up, he turned himself in. It, it just didn't do anything because the reality of it is that my daughter's gone. want to hear so going to trial i mean he's getting what he deserves it, it should be justice but um it doesn't do anything for me i'm still numb in some countries there are like harsher penalties for something like that do you avid do you want anything like that do you, would that do anything no it wouldn't i'd rather have my daughter here feel horrible that we're talking about this and bringing up this pain um, for your family. But I know that hopefully somebody will listen to this and know that they probably need help or maybe they should leave their gun outside of their car. Superintendent, is there is there additional charges? What, what can be done to sort of prevent this type of thing, to discourage people from doing the things that the Dr. Farley talked about that lead to these acts of rage? You know, from a police perspective, it certainly is not a lot we, we can deal with. We can deal, unfortunately, with the aftermath. The aftermath is, God forbid, you lose a loved one. God forbid somebody gets shot. You know, when these morons, for want of a better word, get involved in these road rage incidents, and the aggressor, the aggressor has a gun, and he or she pulls that gun and fires that gun at the victim who happened to either make a gesture, uh, was tailgating, uh, didn't move fast enough, whatever whatever the issue is. Once Stupid they pull stuff, that trigger, yeah. that bullet can go anywhere. And anybody, anybody can be be hurt, be killed, be maimed. When somebody uses a gun to commit any type of crime, there should be some type of automatic penalty. You know, years ago it was five years if you committed a crime with a gun. If you committed a murder, certainly that would, that enhances, exacerbates the uh, the issue or what the charge is. But, you know, the, the thing that we, we, the motoring community, have to be aware of is that people who are behind the automobile, like the doctor said earlier, they're our castle. And there is a lot of people out there with a lot of aggression who are, you know, in a hurry. Everything's in a hurry. I want to get from point A to point B. And they don't care if they run you over or they don't care if, if they hurt you and they don't care if they shoot you. It's that simple. So what you have to do is you have to... Control your anger. Don't take the traffic problems personally. Don't make obscene gestures. Don't make mouthy objectors like cursing to somebody. Because this is what usually happens from point A, getting to point A before the other person gets to point A. Uh, these nuts out there that are driving these vehicles, you know, they got a four or 5,000 pound vehicle, and some of them got even more, bigger than that. And they all got guns, and, and they're whacked out. It's, it's somebody's going to get hurt, and it's unfortunately an innocent uh, person who, who winds up the victim of, of these particular incidents. Do people feel like they're anonymous in these vehicles and that they can do and say whatever they want? I've had the finger thrown at me. I've had people yell at me. Is it anonymity? People just feel like they can just do anything. Well, it is kind of anonymous. You know, people as you're driving along, the other people on your left and right side don't know who you are. 
etc. And so uh, people curse and scream and shout, and it's uh, it's like a, a way to you know have sort of catharsis. This is where you can say anything. It's your space. Unfortunately, sometimes that gets goes too far. But my concern, the, my biggest concern, is what are we going to do about that? this whole kind of thing in this country. And we have to teach our children. We have to, in, in schools and in yeah. families, reverence for life. Reverence for life. Albert Schweitzer, you know, that was his motto. And we don't even, we don't teach that in schools, how, how life is so paramount. We, we should revere it. And you don't even think about taking a life. I mean, it doesn't even cross your mind. Yeah. But your family, I have to give it to you. I mean, you are doing a lot to keep Bianca's memory alive and to bring more compassion to the world. Could you talk about that effort? Well, they got the sign where Bianca was murdered. At. They have a, a sign over there uh, in honor of her name saying uh, Merge with Mercy that her mother worked diligently hard on to get. It's just a lot. It's, it's, it's therapy for me. It helps me. And I think if it wasn't for the foundation— and the things that we have going on, I, I think I'll be done. Yeah, and the the foundation is the Bianca Nicole Roberson Memorial Foundation. That's correct. And in just a year, um, because it's been just over a year um, since that tragic incident, and you all, your family has been at work. Yes, yes we have. So tell us what you've been doing. Well, we've been doing well, building the foundation for one, uh, uh, being in um, cahoots with Jacksonville, Florida for the uh, scholarship fund that they have in Bianca's name. It's a scholarship fund, the Bianca Nicole Robeson Scholarship. Mm. Not fund, but the scholarship. And we've been uh, working hard towards that to raise money. But since my daughter wasn't able to go to school, we're trying to help other students have the opportunity to go. Yeah, and I understand you had the Purple Ball recently. The Purple Ball was uh, June 28th, the day of her death. What was that like? Going there on uh, that anniversary, it was it was a bittersweet, you know, because uh, the people that turned out was uh, it was good to see the turnout that people came by to support. So it helped a little bit, but it was also kind of sad day as well because that was the day she was uh, murdered on. Merge with mercy. Right. That's a reminder every time you drive down that stretch of of highway about you know your daughter. Right. And the thing about that, I just ran into an incident like that. Just last week, I was trying to merge, and it was my turn, but the truck, red truck, forced his way up beside me, and I looked at him, and when I looked over at him, he was cussing me out. So I stopped and just let him go. I just let him go, and he was cool, and he just drove on about his business. Sometimes you have to be the one to fall back. You have to, yes. There are countries, uh, Superintendent, that I mentioned before, that make road rage a separate incident with enhanced penalties. Do you think that's something that would help us here? I, I think uh, what Mr. Roberson just said about taking a step back, mm. you you as a driver, because the, the, the aggressor is not yeah. going to stop unless you do something that's going to make them less aggressive. And, and that's a perfect example of what you should do. The second thing is I agree with those countries that have those enhanced penalties for road rage because what is happening, more and more people are dying as a result of these road rage incidents. It's not like the common thread of of homicides that we see in urban America today. 
you can see an, an increase in the numbers of people who are dying on our roadways as a, as a, as a result of this road rage. And more often than not, it's, to, it's focused on gun violence. So absolutely, we need to enhance something that, that people think twice about. But again, as, as a person who could be involved in a road rage, let them go. If they're tailgating, pull off to the side. I mean, you got to be courteous because these these guys who are aggressive on the highway and who are whacked out on either drugs or alcohol and have a firearm, they're dangerous. They are dangerous all the way around. Yeah, they're literally not in their right mind for that time. When somebody commits these, these crimes because of a driving incident, because you didn't get to the point A, before the other person, or you're tailgating, or you're stuck in traffic, give me a break. Give me a break. I see it all the time. Yeah. It's almost like a state of madness. Like you're literally insane while you're on the road. Some of them are. Yeah. Some of them are. I I like the superintendent's uh, phrase, let it go. That is so key. You know, don't take offense. At minor things. Yeah. No, life has big problems. Deal with those. Don't deal with these little things and end up in in a cage for the rest of your life because you whipped out a gun and shot or you stabbed someone. Let it go. Yeah. And it almost seems like there needs to be some kind of a campaign because I don't even think people realize the, the cursing in your car alone could easily lead to uh, a, an enhanced um, reaction uh, on the highway, or if you had a bad day, or maybe you had two drinks and you just out of your mind, and it's it's a snap judgment decision, and then your like your family because you mm-hmm. get caught is devastated. You're in jail, and another family uh, is devastated because they lost someone, and maybe multiple people. And the sad thing about it, it it's traffic out there, and they rushing to go nowhere, and these incidents happen. You're not going anywhere. The traffic is backed up. And they go through that. Yeah. Where you're going is is to prison possibly for the rest of your life. Yeah. For nothing. Yes, for yeah. nothing. For absolutely nothing. One of the things we do in the police department, we do it probably every couple of years. Uh, I print out like a thousand brochures, and it's called the Please Don't Get Angry campaign. And usually what we do, we pick an, an intersection where it's heavily traveled, and then we'll stand out there for probably an hour, and hand out these pamphlets and stop the drivers. And you'd be surprised how many people are positive with what they say. And it addresses some of the issues that the doctor expressed. Um, And it's a very, very positive thing. But you know what? An hour later, it's back to the same thing. So it doesn't matter what we from the law enforcement community do. Uh, like the doctor said, you're, we're way, way, we, we handle the result of, of, of a craziness on the road. And because this is Flashpoint, we're going to wrap this up. But I want to, you know, take a final word. And I want to give you the final word, uh, Mr. Robeson. What can we do? What are the next steps that we can take to kind of tackle this issue of road rage and raise the type of awareness we need to make sure that what happened to Bianca won't happen to other people just just generally. We need to teach impulse control so that kids, you know, think before they act. That's essential. And another thing is, as you're driving, perhaps you might listen to some music because national surveys show it's the most frequent stress reducer. 
listening to music. Superintendent. Controlling your anger, being a courteous driver. You see you see an incident that's happened, you back away. In the end, you're not going to win. And leave your back guns away. at Be home. Be courteous driver. That's the first thing. Yeah. Definitely leave your guns at home. It's easier said than done with these guys yeah. and ladies. And final word, and please tell us, you know, where we can support you at the foundation. Well, we have a website, the uh, Bianca Nicole Robeson uh, Memorial Foundation. You can support us on there. We also have a Facebook page, with Bianca Nicole Robeson Facebook page. Everything is Bianca Nicole. Um, we've been getting many supporters on there, and that's still up and running to this day. Well, I pray for you and your family to find peace Thank um, you. and change and uh, continued, um, you know, raising awareness, helping other young people who, like your daughter, just have a dream and want to live yes. a fruitful life. And if you find yourself, you know, angry in your car, please get help uh, and control those impulses because road rage is real. Yes, it is. And, it, and it's tragic. And I just want to say thank you to Dr. Frank Farley. Thank you to Rodney Roberson. And thank you to Upper Darby Police Superintendent Mike Chitwood for coming on Flashpoint and talking about this important issue in the news. Thank you. Next up, he's using social media to give the public a real-world look at the consequences of gun violence. Put the guns down. West Philadelphia's Man Online Project and its impact. We'll be right back. Hey guys, listen up. When you're done with the show, would you do me a favor? Please provide a review and rate this podcast. And feel free to provide feedback often. We need reviews to push us to the top. Now back to the show. Thanks all. This is the Flashpoint Podcast, where we talk about the issues that get everyone hot and bothered. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. And one thing that gets Philly residents hot under the collar is gun violence And summers in Philadelphia are particularly bad with shooting after shooting, dominating headlines. Well, one man has made headlines in his effort to make Philadelphia streets safer, collating in one place information about the city's gun deaths. Uh, Terrence Terrell is the brain behind the Instagram account No Gun Zone. With nearly 45,000 followers, Terrence shares the details and information related to shootings across the city. Uh, This is where many people go to find out what the streets are saying, where they are praying, and how they are grieving. Terrence, welcome to Flashpoint. Thanks for having me. I I read Janice Armstrong's column about you, and I began to follow your account. And in many ways, it's kind of sad. Please tell me why you started this account. I'm a fan of social media like, like we all are. You know, oftentimes we spend countless amount of time on our cell phone. And, you know, I, I happened to notice that it was a lot of, I call it foolery, you know, coming down my timeline. And me and me and my brother, actually, my brother, his name is Trent Harrell. He, you know, we had a discussion. And it was like a lot of clowning is going on. And it's some important issues that need to be addressed in our community that a lot of folks aren't speaking on. And if they are speaking on, they're not, you know, gaining the attention of the masses the way it should. And one was the, well, the top issue was murder in our communities. That's how No Gun Zone was birthed. And so literally when you go to this account, you see the faces of some of the of the many people um, yeah. behind the homicide numbers that we see here in Philadelphia. I actually wanted to bring 
the news clips that, you know, that we see every day into more of a vivid imagery. So by pasting the faces with the story that happened to the deceased, I thought that it would, it would bring a broader, you know, spectrum to what's going on instead of just seeing it. And it's just the, you know, the regular normal, okay, um, another person got killed with us. What's next? Cause you know, this isn't something that's new. This has been happening, you know, for decades in Philadelphia. Yeah. And one of the things that's interesting is, um, for example, I saw a story about Angelo. A.J. was gunned down when he went to confront a man who sexually harassed his sister. And then, um, you know, you put an update. You you updated. It wasn't just a story. You put background on this young man to, yeah. to show him as a person where he worked. And that he was a human being. And sometimes we as journalists don't include that type of color. Why was that important? That that was important because at the time of um, that particular murder, Angelo, AJ, it came and went so fast. And I, I actually was scrolling down to see what the ish, what it was that actually blocked it. It was, it was something else that was high profile in the urban communities. And Angelo's murder, it sort of got swept under the rug. So... I posted a murder and I didn't have a, a face or a name. And, you know, I eventually I was hoping that it would like somebody would, you know, fill me in on what happened. Two nights ago, one of his coworkers, they actually, you know, DM'd me, sent me a direct message and told me, you know, Angelo's backstory and what had what had happened, other than what we knew from the, the news article. Yeah. And I and I always say this is one of the things I think because there's so much news and we as journalists miss it a lot of times because these these are human beings, individuals, human they're not beings. just numbers. Exactly. And so, you know, why do you think it's important? Because some of the reaction people are giving isn't positive. A lot of it isn't positive. And that's, you know, the narrative that that my goal is to change in Philadelphia amongst our citizens. The the you know, the street culture that, you know, many things have have been birthed from whether it was the music we listen to some of the clothing that we wear it's a lot of it that that really needs to be reconstructed because it's 2018 and it's actually doing more bad than good you know i want our listeners to truly understand the reaction because folks are saying you are promoting black on black crime and all kinds of things what do you say in response to that that's all nonsense and i actually you know tried to touch so like so many people in my audience that I, I choose to defend myself because I'm not a person that's, you know, not approachable. I want the people to know who I am. I want the people to know what I do. Oftentimes, I, I let the people that I speak to regularly defend my battle, so to say, because they know that where my sentiments lie is coming from an honest place. It's coming from somewhere genuine. It's coming from somebody that actually cares about what's going on. This is a big task. I mean, how do you keep up? The media outlets that we watch and we, you know, the applications that we have on our smartphone, Android devices, what have you. I follow that, and that's where I get, you know, my information from and from, you know, people in in these communities. I'm a citizen of Philadelphia. I've been in Philadelphia all my life. I know people all spectrums of life, whether it's the underworld, whether it's, you know, working citizens. They let me know what's going on so I can let the masses know. Like, for example, if there's a vigil, you post that information. Because a lot of times you don't know people's Instagram names. You don't know their accounts, but they know no gun zone. I'll you know, get the, the information firsthand because the people, you know, want me to deliver, you know, what other people don't know about. And you've also seen the post messages about post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, yeah. like, and it's like positive, like this is an illness. Yeah. 
Why why do you do that? First of all, if you read about, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, it's not just, you know, war veterans or people that's, you know, served in, in the military. This stuff is happening right in our, in our backyards. So what are you hoping to accomplish, Terrence? To sway enough minds into the direction that, you know, snub your nose at, at gun violence and violence in, in general is it, it's plaguing our communities and it's, it's becoming normal. That's what I want to do is um, not normalize the situation, make it make it numb again, make, you know, the thought of picking up a gun and harming another person. I want to, to make that disgusting. I just uh, moderated a panel this week on the Second Amendment and gun violence, and it's been deemed a national health crisis. Uh, right now, a lot of the resources are going to the opioid epidemic, which is also considered a national he- uh, health crisis. But gun violence, it's the same thing. And people yeah. need to turn their attention to this. Exactly. With everything that I just said to you, I'm, I'm still a, um, a firm believer of the Second Amendment. It's just that, you know, this privilege of being able to have a firearm shouldn't be abused. You know, I looked at some of the comments. I mean, this is family members yeah. finding out information about loved ones. This is friends, uh, high school classmates, neighbors yeah. finding out information. And people literally are crying on well, in, in know, responses. Like, I'm not doing anything to, you know, to offend somebody. Because a lot of people be offended. And I often go back, whether, you know, I ask them to send me their number or I write them a message. I let them know that, you know, my heartfelt condolences is out you know, to your family, if I view, if I posted something that you don't like, it's because, you know, it's sort of like uh, the 1955 murder with Emmett Till. And Mammy Till, you know, chose to show her brutalized teen to the to the world to see what happened. And that's what I do when I when I show someone's family member to the public to let them let other people know what has actually taken place. Oftentimes, oh, we hear it's a funeral or somebody died. no. A lot of people have never seen a young person inside of a casket or a young person in a coffin or, a, you know, just the, the raw, vivid imagery. So when I show the face with the story, you know, it's just to get the public to get a feel of the emotions of somebody else's family. So hopefully you won't go through the same thing. Like this is somebody's brother. This exactly. is somebody's father. Somebody's this is somebody's son. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's best friend. Where can people find you? Do you. Are you going to turn this into something? Or oh, yeah. I can't give just, you too much right yeah. now. But like I said, me and um, me and my brother, you know, we, we got a lot of a lot of things, a lot of positivity um, around no gun zone. And we got a lot of things coming. Yeah. And so this is almost like a mirror to the black community in a lot of ways. Exactly. And I figure who would be better to show that mirror but another another black man that's actually here. I know victims. Um, I've mourned with families. You know, I understand and see what's going on. So who better to, to bring it to the forefront than somebody that actually is actually here? Yeah. Well, you know, you can check Terrence's feed out at No Gun Zone. People can tag you as well. People if can they tag have, me. Yeah. Do you get that? I get that often. Yeah. So you could tag hashtag no gun zone. If you know of something, if you know a victim, if you want to share information, I'm sure you respond to DMs. Any last words for the people who follow you? My message to the city of Philadelphia, put the guns down. All right. Well, thank you so much to Taryn Terrell. Thank you for uh, having me. You know, his his Instagram account is no gun zone. Follow him. Um, keep up with this and, and good luck to you. Thanks. Next up, it's a free week-long music festival focused on health because the need is there. 
and people are excited about it. Local nonprofits growing effort to get underserved communities to shape up. We'll be right back. This is Flashpoint, and I'm Cherry Gregg. We here at KYW are all about community, and who says staying healthy has to be a pain? Certainly not Pennsylvania Cares Associates. The nonprofit helps underserved communities by providing health care services, and this week they are the muscle behind the nation's largest urban health and wellness music festival right here in Philly. And here to tell us more about their ongoing effort is CEO Tamika McFadden. Welcome to Flashpoint. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And you know what? I, I've had the opportunity to come out and see you all in your element at work. Yes. This year is no different. Yeah. Um, it's just a little bit larger, I guess you would say. It's a whole week event versus a one-day event. Last year, we hosted the event at Malcolm X Park, where over 4,000 people came. Wow. Yeah, for the first year event. We have decided to expand the program for a whole week. So we're going to kick it off again from Malcolm X Park. Uh, and then we have a Behold Healthy Living Tour that's happening all throughout the week. So starting this Sunday, all the way through to next Saturday, July 28th, we have something prepared for everyone. Wow. And so this this is like getting bigger and bigger. Why do you think it's exploding in this way? Because the need is there. And people are excited about it. It's very unique, very trendy to keep people interested in being healthy, being more fit and incorporating healthier lifestyles into their life. And also, let's not forget the music festival. Who doesn't love music? I know that's right. And that's one of the interesting ways. But I want to back it up a little bit because you guys tell me the problem that you saw needed to be solved with the organization. So within the organization, Pennsylvania Care Associates, is we service people with the medical and physical disabilities from 18 all the way up to 90s, hundreds. And what we're seeing is that some of the medical conditions could be prohibited if they were a little bit more proactive about their care in terms of preventive measures, primary care, getting screenings early on, and just looking at health as not being something that's daunting and uncomfortable, but it allows you to live a greater life, a healthier life. So the event is to really get people more um, active in their in their daily life, as well as to participate in activities that are fun. Mm-hmm. Things like salsa, line dancing, yoga. Where you're exercising, but don't know you're and exercising. And you don't even know you're yeah. exercising. And that's why we have the music part of it. Um, you know, the music fest is a part of it because music gets you moving. So you really want to see people get a little bit more proactive about their care. I feel like if we can kind of sort of expose people to these opportunities, as well as allow them to know that the access is there. And that they can incorporate that into their daily lives and in turn affect their children. That hopefully we can create this new trend of healthy living lifestyle is not so bad. It can actually be very much fun. Yeah. And you look good. And you preserve look great. the sexy. Yeah. And so let's go through the days because okay. this is a week long festival of events. So tell me what's going to be happening each day. All right, so this Sunday is our kickoff event at Malcolm X Park. Starting at 9 a.m., it's going to be our 5K walk and run, and we're actually going to be giving our prizes that day. Starting at around 11 o'clock is going to be when we start our jazz and then our concert featuring Denise Williams, Keith Washington, as well as Rough Ends. And the event will be going on all day up until about 8 o'clock, and we have tons of activities for everyone. Then on the next day, which is Monday, July 23rd, is we'll have Senior Day, and that will be taking place from 11 to 2 at West Oak Lane Senior Center. On Tuesday, we have Zumba class that's going to be taking place on July 24th, and that's going to start at 6.30 to 7.30, and all of these events are free. 
all week long, starting from Sunday. On Wednesday, we have lit yoga. So it's lit yoga, and it's going to be lit. Okay. <laughs> and Thursday? Yes. Uh, Thursday, we're going to have salsa and line dancing. And finally, we have the healthy cooking demonstration, uh, where you get to learn how to cook healthy for your family, and we'll serve you dinner and wine that night. Wonderful. And then the big finale, which is at Penn's Landing on Saturday, July 28th. And we're going to have a ton of activities out there for everyone. Double Dutch uh, jumping for the grown-ups, game trucks for the children. Children's Hospital is going to be providing audio screening and injury prevention workshops. And they're going to be giving out some accessories for that. All kinds of medical screening, everything you could possibly imagine. So basically, come get your checkup. Come get your checkup. And it's free and it's fun. And in addition to that, we have a lineup of artists that are going to be coming out. Who you got? This year, we're bringing out Lenny Williams as well as Drew Hill. Then we're also going to bring out Sister Nancy, Estelle, SWV, and T.I. Awesome. Yes. That's a great, and this is free. <laughs> this is y'all free. Y'all sure y'all want to make this free. <laughs> <laughs> and all because people coming out and getting healthy. Yes, that's what it's really all about. It's getting people healthy, making it a trend and fun and accessible, and allow people to really know that it doesn't have to be a daunting experience. You can live this way every single day, and it will be just fine. You'll feel greater. You'll feel more energetic. You'll feel lighter. And at the end of the day, healthier. Check out PAHealthFest.org. Yes. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. Find out the full locations of all the events going on during the week. And and thank you so much. And if I could just add one more thing, we're also looking to hire people as well. And we will also have a mini job fair for Pennsylvania Care Associates. We're looking for social workers, service coordinators, and case managers. Getting bigger and better it's every year. Bigger. I know what y'all gonna do next year to talk That's what I said. <laughs> oh, we're gonna outdo ourselves next year. So I'm gonna get my tickets for the concert. That's yes. gonna be good stuff. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. That's it for the Flashpoint Podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter using the handle Flashpoint Show. You can also follow me at Cherry Gregg. You can subscribe to the show by using the radio.com app, the Apple Podcast app, or whatever platform you use to get your pods. If there's an issue that makes you hot under the collar, let us know and we'll walk you through the flames. As science fiction writer Alfred Angelo Antanasio once wrote, The madness of demons is rage, the madness of angels, hope. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Until next week, thanks for listening.